0: Happy Wednesday! Happy Wednesday! I like the I like the look, Jim. Yeah, was, I great. was kind of
1: dressing up for today. <laughs> I was up for today just to kind of
0: is, is it because I just found out randomly on Twitter? I mean, um, that you're releasing some white paper right in time when Pfizer released their news. So just right,
1: right. Tell the world, yeah, yeah. So, so we've taken the health beacon technology, um, and have uh, recalibrated it to track. And manage and build out a vaccination administration system. So we we did a study of um, 50 patients where we vaccinated them against influenza, and tested the whole system and validated it. So we're launching a wow. for a little healthy. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, so many so many things happening this week. Uh, you know, Amazon
0: Pharmacy announcement, right? Um, what yeah. all, the, the vaccine,
1: 94, 95 percent. Yeah, they're all hitting 95%. There was all the, the guidance around, um, you know, from the EMEA about administering these COVID-19 vaccinations. The world's in a tailspin. Innovation itself fits it down. It's. Uh, I, I, just, I
0: just wish it came a little... So, uh, you know, we have a, a COVID hit here in this household. Marina tested positive this morning. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, okay. uh, you know, re- ho- hopefully recovering quick. She lost her smell last week sometime which you know pre pre pre-diagnosed as that um but you know we'll we'll get on the other side of it okay hence it feels like a friday right even though it's a wednesday but um yeah um what else what else oh um i know uh, we it kind of feels like cheating on you but uh you know a little trailer (laughs) of digital health today with eugene borovitch has been out there um yeah. I'll have a I think a more permanent guest Brian Dolan from Exits and Outcomes um I know I've chatted with Marty so this is covering the whole digital therapeutics arena so awesome. a lot of this pre-recording professionally will be yeah. done over the next couple of months and then hopefully release the digital health uh today with
1: Eugene and DTX uh next year 2020. Awesome I'm definitely going to subscribe go I'm definitely I'm definitely in <laughs> it's a good place. It's a good space. <laughs> and, and and lastly, before
0: we uh, we let our guest in
1: and you you uh, do the
0: intro, yeah. um, I know we, we had an awesome call Monday. We'll, we we want to announce who but who's helping us with our uh, tabletop coffee book of Shadow Digital Health, <laughs> but uh, our our combined foray from a meticulously unproduced to meticulously unwritten is yeah. ongoing.
1: I think this will be one of the most important pieces of literature, you know, to be released from an unproduced podcast, you know, during the, <laughs> during the period of <laughs> <laughs> time. Cool. love it.
0: So somebody who is in the midst of it all, actually, I think is the yeah. first guest from the hospital system, uh, but I'll let you maybe do a quick I- intro and then.
1: Yeah, we'll bring maybe bring him in right away as I'm introducing him. So, so we're delighted to have. We have Chris Colburn, who is uh, chief innovation officer for Mass General Brigham. Brigham, um, so people know as Partners, and, he, and he's also president of Partners Innovation. Hey, there he is,
2: lads. How are we today?
1: <laughs> good, man. Good, good. Well,
0: I thought Chris, I, you you're the first one with a tie on our show. Just that's I know
2: I you just, win the prize. I just came from another thing. Should I take it off?
1: No, no, yo, keep it, keep it. We like so, it. We're,
2: are we live a video or just audio?
1: We're live video. We're live oh, video.
2: And are you guys both in Dublin right now, or where are you?
1: I'm in Barcelona. He's in Barcelona. I'm in Dublin. I'm in Dublin in the Health Beacon offices here.
2: You teach, we met at one of the a couple of the Health excel. We
0: met at a couple of Health Excels, and then I did like a, um, you know a crazy fire through Boston at the uh, at your big event so uh, oh, right, but I
2: right.
1: you know you're the host
0: there so you know a
1: thousand plus people or
0: are...
2: anything that I don't have to do heavy lifting for is good
1: right right so is that is that the background or are we, where are we in Boston
2: uh yeah uh and, until this last weekend I was in the shed in our place in Brewster okay where I was exiled by my family but we don't have heat there, so we we had to abandon ship and come back to Boston.
1: So this okay. is
2: this is uh, uh the top floor of our house.
1: Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I was just doing um uh, an introduction, but I, I like I, I was thinking how actually my introduction to Chris was it had to be Martin Kelly, right? So Martin Kelly was kind of the the we met in, in Manhattan, was it?
2: Yeah, I, I think so, but. I, we also know some of the other, so, some other people, right. too, in common. Yeah.
1: We, but we, yeah keep, so I, we keep
0: saying, Chris, that all the roads somehow lead to an Irish bar. <laughs> so, right,
1: right, 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 right.
2: I'm sure we'll have a chance to discuss <laughs> the Donahue's or other yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know if you know the backdrop of the show here, but this is, um, the, the show is largely, it's, uh, it's, it's a therapeutic intervention for Eugene, you know, to my left. Here that we and for Jim to my (laughs) left.
0: So don't don't just blame it on me.
1: So it was it was it was an idea when he left Bear and I was saying he had a big social media following. I'm like, you should do a podcast. And then, you know, when everything hit the fan, I'm like, Oh, you now need need to do it because you you needed to kind of just hang out. And
0: Chris, he did drag me out. Like it was just crazy time. I mean, a lot of our listeners and viewers heard this 27 times already, but it it was purely therapeutic. It's like just a yeah. shot of digital health at the bar, no, and no, no, no. we invite people. It's, it's yeah, I love it. We
2: would be together in a pub somewhere if it was a different time.
1: Right, right. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so maybe just for I know most people know you, but maybe just uh, you know a little bit. I you know I did a bad job just describing your role, but um, maybe just tell people who Chris Coburn is in a quick flash.
2: Right. Well, we're the business development arm for Mass General Brigham. Uh, we're a very large system, and we are the largest academic research center in the U.S. with about two billion dollars a year in research. Our faculty is appointed at Harvard. We have about four thousand Harvard faculty members, and um, you know I think we're at the cutting edge of change in healthcare, whether it's in the delivery of care or the therapies that help people get better, or on the digital side, any the utilization of any number of tools to improve care it's outcomes, it's delivery, it's cost.
0: And, and Chris, before, because we got tons of questions, right? I mean, you're actually our first guest from a hospital system. Uh, we This is season three, and this is the first time I think. But you know, <laughs> let, let's back up because I, I kind of hinted, I, I listened to one of the Health Excel podcasts with your brilliant background, but obviously, you know, we, just you, who are you? Maybe in like 30, 60 seconds, 90 seconds. <laughs> Because I know you and I kind of met very briefly. Yeah, but probably, yeah. you know.
2: So uh, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and the six to seven children. Uh, I, I think coming from a large family gives you an unfair advantage in large organizations. <laughs> in the sense that, uh, especially if you're at the back end, you are uh, anything you want to accomplish, uh, you have to do it uh, starting from a basis of disempowerment. <laughs> so it's on you to figure out how to get people to, to move in the same direction. Uh, so I uh, went to a Jesuit uh, university undergrad in Cleveland, uh, grad school in DC, He worked uh, at NIH. I also worked on Capitol Hill. I worked for governor of Ohio, you know, big urban state, very um, liberal governor, uh, Rhodes Scholar, uh, briefly a presidential candidate. And then I went from there to working for Battelle Memorial Institute, which is a multi-billion dollar year technology uh, organization. And then in 2000, I went to Cleveland Clinic and eight years, going on eight years ago, I went to Mass General Brigham.
0: Time flies, huh?
2: Yeah.
0: It hasn't been up to much. Yes. No. <laughs> you know. You you mentioned something, and Jim. I'll I'll, I'll dive into one of them, right? Um, so obviously, we I, I don't know if if Jim warned you, we don't say the uh, you know the bad terms yeah yeah
2: appropriately on,
0: appropriately uh, only very appropriately, and if you do, Jim raises a little thing. But um, <laughs> but 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 given what we're going through, and uh, you know, there's a lot of discussions. I mean, just so much pressures on on hospital systems. Some people are questioning, you know, if, uh, just even financially, how many will survive. And then how do you balance that with actually innovating, which I think, you know, what I'm hearing from the ground, especially from the startups is actually a lot of deals are now getting done just because you need to optimize it. So maybe just, I mean, you're kind of in the front lines there yeah. as well. So we'd love to hear your well, thoughts on
2: it. Yeah, I a couple of quick thoughts and we can go deeper if you want. I think first of all, in terms of the response, it, important for people to recognize, you know, it wasn't like this all just started in the middle of March in the US, the, the frontline caregivers, the, you know, infectious disease, the, the, the people greeting the patients in the front door uh, were already at it full time for six or eight weeks prior to that. So, you know, the prep just, just getting ready for a tsunami of uh, sick people uh, put them under pressure at that time. And it's, it's been unremitting since then. So you know it, 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 that is ongoing, and obviously, nearly the entire U.S. is a hot zone at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I, I think you have to see that, though, in the context of what was going on in healthcare prior. So we were in a period of accelerated change, and then this came on top of it. So fortunately for us, we made a decision uh, more than a year ago, driven by our CEO and Klebanski to uh, invest in uh, digital health in a way uh, at a magnitude we had not previously. Uh, This is a $500 million commitment. We brought in a uh, chief digital health officer, a physician, Alistair Erskine. And thankfully that was all in place when uh, this occurred. And uh, consequently, uh, things that had been identified uh, were able to be acted on uh, in, you know, weeks rather than months or or longer. And, you know, important to say, it's not like the issues or the technologies weren't known. I think to the great credit of the provider community, it was a question of setting priorities, identifying paths and then acting on them. And again, you know, people working around the clock uh, to respond to it. So yes, it is from a, you know, from a technology or company standpoint, This is a very uh, fertile uh, period. And then, you know, worth noting just on therapeutic development, um, this has been uh, throughout the last 10 months, uh, a very torrid market for investment in new technology, whether it's digital or laboratory based. Mm
1: -hmm. Like one of the things I was wondering about was um, just in thinking like a lot of the people we've had on uh, we've talked about the mental health issues of that kind of managing through keeping your energy levels, whether you're building companies, or you're introducing new technology. And I, I, until you were saying it, my, my sister is actually a nurse in your, you know, in the partner system at, at Brigham's and, um, and, you know, she was on it and I was watching what she was going through. Like, is there a lot of it, it are they applying a lot of digital health tools? Like a lot of this mental health management oh, yeah. stuff? staff, is that a big, I never really thought of that before, but.
2: Yes. Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, uh, just as a reminder. Another example of our change. Our name. Our new name is a Mass General Program. Not the not the word you said a few minutes yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mass General. Right. Yes.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, so, Chris,
1: you need you need to get one, the same the same <laughs>
2: little sign that Jim has <laughs> yeah, for uh, C nineteen
0: for uh, for partners.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. So, but but uh, yeah, Jim, you're right on the money in the sense of uh, behavioral health was all you know was of course, an enormous area. It's uh, in some categories, the second largest area of spend from a payer standpoint. So uh, a lot of uh, interest in using digital tools, uh, and I'm sure you've uh, tracked some of those companies, Uh, you're involved with some of them. Uh, So again, in this period since March, uh, there's an ever greater need. And uh, one of our uh, eminent psychiatrists just released a paper in the last week or so that got picked up in the national news talking about the level of depression for adolescents in the US and that was just the slice you could have also talked about other age yep. groups and you know it's it's the, it is a historically trying time and so the the um, you know that shows itself in in um, Know, patient volumes and l- the level of needs in things like behavioral health. So digital is absolutely a response to the growth in digital or a- part of the growth in digital is absolutely a response to that. And that'll only uh, get larger over time. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you 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 mentioned as one of how many kids? Seven, eight, you said, sorry.
2: Seven, there's seven, seven of us up.
0: You know, yeah. um, convincing and navigating and, for lack of a better term, let's just call it simply change management. Of your uh, brothers and sisters, is <laughs> probably a skill that you learn, right? And I, you know, I'm just kind of—I um, still have tie marks on my back uh, a bit from a corporate <laughs> world, but you know, being in a hospital system where I think everybody is highly operational in the sense of—I mean, you have human beings with problems coming in. Uh, cha- can you talk a little bit about change management? Uh, sure. There and and maybe a couple of keys to I don't know I don't think any one of us really really figured it out unless you have but I'd love to hear a couple of points on change management in large systems.
2: Yeah, and just starting with large families, I do think there's a Darwinian element in any big family, particularly if you're at the back end. So you know, playing for stakes uh, is uh, something you learn early, uh, especially if you want to eat. Uh, but I I would say. In terms of change management, a uh, uh, you know, key thing is understanding how how do decisions get made, how do priorities get set, and even if you know you were to say, well, we don't, you know, we don't do that, you do it anyways. I mean, it, it occurs in any any setting, um, even if you're backing into it. So, so I think having a realistic view of the dynamics of the organization and how to then shift them is very important. And you know, I don't wanna overstate you know, my role or my office's role in our giant organization of 80,000 people. But you know, so we're among many who are uh, um, you know, evolving the organization to a new level, but I think for any circumstance, any set of people being clear eyed about um, historically how priorities has been made how does it uh, uh, been set? How does the culture express itself? Yeah. And and then you know, what? How do we approach changing? And I think the more, you know, the clearer you can think. And not to go back to the Jesuits, but you know, I, I always think a great test for hiring someone is a writing sample. You know, if you if you write well, then you think clearly. And if you don't, you don't. So um, so I I really think you've got to be able to be um, uh concise about uh about the issues and what you're trying to achieve
0: I'm, I'm gonna take that on i think every candidate we're
1: gonna make them write a yeah it's good
0: it's a, good. a it's summary good. of a shadow digital health episode that's that's right. what we're gonna have them do
1: <laughs> right like we had uh, we had Un- you know unity stokes you know startup you know health uh, tel- he had last week and he was doing this kind of uh, batteries he was talking about this batteries included people yeah you know that you know people that come into the room with their you know with batteries and their own energy or people that kind of drain the room of energy yeah yeah,
2: right right right, right.
1: yeah yeah i know it was a good kind of but i always think thinking whenever i meet you so i i think if you would when i when i meet you like that um the well we had we had lee shapiro on and he was talking about uh you know his approach to to work like how does he maintain the work and the rhythm yeah, yeah. you seem to like traveling the world, hitting conferences, always, you know, ready to go. And like, do you have, like, so I thought it, when I thought of that, I think of your biking, right? You're a big biker. I think of like, uh, the, you know, you're kind of, you love like arts and like the reading and the, like, give us a little, like the, how does Chris kind of keep the batteries included <laughs> recipe? Or recharge batteries, recharged really. Right.
2: Well, I, uh, you know, I, I do think uh, having you know whatever your passions are is really important. Um, you know, on the bike side, I, I have done my share of biking, including going across the U.S. I've biked in Ireland, uh, uh, and it is a it is a joyful experience. You know, being out there in in motion. Uh, also, I'm very partial to things where you know you have goals that you can accomplish. I painted houses uh, uh, for a little bit during college. And I, I love that job because you'd show up and then you'd work and then you'd right. leave for the day, and there was no question what you'd done. And right. there you know, that's not true <laughs> in every job. And you, know, you can <laughs> spend months and not be quite sure. So biking's yeah. the same way, you know, you're moving from a spot to another spot, it's you, uh, you know, it's it's your reward and it's also you get a benefit. I You know, I've pretty much given up golf. I play once every couple of years. And that's, I think golf can be a lot of fun if you really put the time into it. But to me, biking is so much more aligned, you know, spiritually uh, about things you can accomplish. Reading, uh, I have to say the last eight or nine months is, uh, you know, really driven home uh, that category. And then um our tv we didn't have a tv for 13 years when our kids were young so um so i I didn't i got away from watching tv and and particularly some of the big the big series
0: right
2: so i watched uh on this break so you have a
0: lot to catch up on yeah i watched
2: all of game of thrones every single episode (laughs) i watched uh every single episode of homeland um and then more recently catching up on lots of uh things uh tied to ireland like uh, uh the series normal people uh right. we, we we loved dairy girls before the uh, yeah. uh this year and we enjoy it now even right. watched other uh, commitments for the first time in 25 years yeah yeah yeah. so but on the, the reading end uh, again a kind of uh, a a bit of irish authors over the last uh, several months um Tana French, who actually w- was born in the U.S., but has been living in Dublin for 30 years. And then um, uh, uh, with John Banville, um, I, d- I did his... Uh, actually, ironically, he's got a whole series on a Dublin-based pathologist uh, under his the Benjamin Black name. And yeah. I had, uh, actually gotten uh, at least one of our pathologists to, to read some, some of it. Um, uh, you know, Sally Rooney, I, 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 it's funny, uh, she's uh, from Castle Bar, which is where my father's family uh, was from, and okay. I think actually one of my cousins or the wife of one of my cousins might have taught her in grade school, Okay. and, so, and I feel some allegiance having been a college debater myself, that was uh, one of her early things. So anyways, lots of reading, lots of uh, enjoyment. Uh, particularly over the last year, despite all this isolation.
0: So we, yeah. we got the Chris Coburn. Uh, what about a Spotify list?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <No. laughs> I, I You know, sadly predictable for my age group. Uh, you can imagine what's on there.
1: Yeah, I created uh, a, um, at the beginning of this, I created a, you know, a, we'll say the, the, P, the, the C word, I created a, a plague um Spotify list that we put out earlier on of the songs you need to be listening remember that at the beginning yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. actually
0: Jim you know what why don't you resurrect that and we'll add this time we'll actually add it to the
1: the, the show notes the Spotify right, right, right. list yeah because I, I was like, like I was totally embracing music like in a big way you know I, I was thinking but okay so but if you know so my namesake James Joyce if he were to write a writing sample to do a job with you I mean I'm not sure he you know, the So, or, so you the know. last
2: the last paragraph of the dead, I want that read at my funeral. And I want him to play carrick Fergus. Those are, okay. <laughs> it, makes, it makes my kids crazy when they have to listen to that again and right. again.
1: Do they love do they love Ireland as much as you do?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Just before like the first week in March, uh, Nancy, my wife, and our two daughters, Carolyn and Bridget, were in Belly uh, and that's that was a return visit for them. Yeah, um, yeah you, you know it's it's the short hop. Everyone loves going or sunshine, so um, no, it's it's uh, it's uh, certainly uh, yeah, yeah. a place of great funness. Is-
1: so Eugene, Chris did the um. So we had, so we've gotten like a bunch of guys my age now. We we do all the cold swimming every Saturday. So we do it all the way th- all the way through the year. But Chris. We, we went out to the Aaron Islands with all the health excel events. I, so hit, that's, the, it,
0: that's like one of the very few that I actually missed.
1: We brought this up on the show a bunch. Remember the island and everyone, you know, so we jumped in. You know, we jumped in. Took, uh, Chris, you, you went in the icy cold water.
2: <laughs> never, never travel without your Speedo. It's one of my rules.
1: <laughs> Thanks for giving all of us the visual,
0: Chris. Uh, <laughs> and-
2: I, I've swum in that pool at Trinity a number of times. It, it's featured in Normal People. It's, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. And I, 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 get it that normal people's kind of controversial in Ireland because it's, it's like the, some of the sensibilities are more American than Irish, uh, right? Uh, but anyways,
0: <laughs> Chris, I'd I'd love to maybe um, jump back to some of the innovations. So we actually uh, a, a little pimping out. We're we're at like 900 delegates, which is insane for tomorrow's Global Health and well-being Coaching Symposium. A little plug. But anyway, um one of the topics is like uh, food and music as medicine. And you know, we talked about music, we talked about books and arts. Um and I'm just curious, you know, is there anything interesting that you're witnessing and seeing kind of more on the ground within the innovations?
2: Yeah, well, on that topic, um, you know, aesthetics, food, music, art, um, you know, clearly there's a, a direct tie with well-being and, um, you know, that's uh, lots of folks have been working in that field. I'm not so up on, uh, you know, some of the digital products there, but um, whether it's, you know, general behavioral health or recovery yeah. from surgery, uh, th- those things really matter. And I know I know many uh, caregivers have prioritized that. Uh, yeah, you know, in, in a general sense, it is a challenging time. So uh, these you know, solutions are coming in torrents uh, now. And um, uh, I, I think one of the challenges uh, is- uh, if Sorting you problem, through them all. Yeah, sorting and uh, being selective. Uh, it's one of the reasons we just uh, launched a, an AI and digital fund. Uh, we've had great success. Uh, we participated in a company, Health Catalyst, that yeah. had come to us when they were very small. RIS people picked them t- uh, to provide a data warehouse service over some large incumbents. And, uh, and then that led to an investment, co-development, population health, another investment. And you know, they went public a couple of years ago and we own uh, more than a million shares of the company. So, so you know we want to be... Uh, digital investors for a reason like that, but the other uh, equivalent reason is the discipline of assessing the overall digital marketplace on an ongoing basis is very important for us because you know as we yeah. uh, adopt these technologies to improve care or improve margin, you, you know they're out there uh, to meet needs that we have, and as a uh, system as big as we are, uh, there are many of them.
0: Yeah, so I actually, to be honest, didn't realize it just because I'm not tracking kind of the investments by hospital just I, I I'm, I'm not so maybe you can dive a little bit deeper on uh, some of the investments if that's public info. Or,
2: yeah, so uh, the
0: fund itself right I don't know how you guys are set up just for yeah. our viewers.
2: So historically we've had a fund that mostly focused on therapeutics. Uh, and exclusively on technologies that emerge from within our system. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 171 million under management, we' are now raising uh, fund 3, which uh, the target is 250 million of new capital. But at the same time, uh, and, and we've done digital deals in that, but at the same time we decided to that and have an exclusively digital fund, uh, this thirty million, the acronym uh, AI and digital innovation, we called ADEF, um, and and the, the focus, as I said, typically smaller investments, five hundred k to maybe two million, but but where we're participating in a co-development or we're a customer, so you know we've already in a sense validated the technology from that standpoint. Uh, and the, the direct answer to your question is, we were all set to go uh, at the beginning of this year, all approved, the money was uh, in hand. And then when um, things pivoted, uh, that went on hold. So we are yeah. likely to make our first investment next month or January. And, and we see the 30 million is really kind of uh, proving the concept that we can, we, we can have a fund in this defined category and also changing our model slightly where we're not just looking at things from inside our giant system but also any
0: yeah I think it's Chris's uh, network it happens as he as he's talking about money yeah.
2: in the market you- oh, you're back. sorry guys I, that's all right if I was still in the shed if I was still in the if I was still in the bike shed, we would have better reception. I. You
1: uh, just, but Eugene thought you just made an investment in his fund in his company. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: that's yeah, whatever. That's what I However, we send, <laughs> however we send each other those signals. That's, that's so, so, but anyway, so uh, we will make the first investment uh, hopefully this year early next year, uh, yeah. and what we're really doing is proving this uh to ourselves and to our system um we count 36 hospital managed digital digital funds in the us okay uh, providence is a very large they just put a i think they've got uh 300 million total that they okay. put into it so yeah, there's a lot to work with there
1: do you, do you think like again back to you like they? they in terms of managing like, so, so getting that fund, you know, kind of that initiative of like, establishing the fund or putting in a certain direction or, you know, like how you've managed, you know, like with Cleveland clinic, integrating it into, you know, a larger ecosystem. And then you've done it now um, with mass general Brigham um, is, is like the, the role that you had in, so working for politicians and kind of acting as a statesman and kind of having these big, cause I'm always fascinated by that, like these big long-term initiatives where things take time. I, like I'm much more impatient than that. You know, I need, you know, more. Do you, do you, did you, do you take a lot of that from like working in like a political environment? Does that stay with you?
2: Well, I would say uh, two things. First of all, almost everyone who goes into the public sector is in there for the same reason people go into healthcare, cause they want to help people. They want to solve problems. They want to do something Productive and special with their time, you know, on on this planet. So, so I don't think it's that big of a jump myself. But second of all, I do. I would say, you know, I I, I worked on Capitol Hill. I worked for the governor of Ohio for eight years, as I said. Issues that we really care about now in healthcare were the top issues when I was working in the public sector. It, it, um, you know, uh, gender just to pick that. Um, I, you know, the, the, um, commitment to that, uh, from the governor of Ohio, his whole team, the managers he picked was demonstrable throughout the time we worked together. And, and, you know, you couldn't, I, I started early. I was, you know, 27 years old. I had at uh, one time, 90 people reporting to me. Um, but you couldn't help but learn those lessons about how important those were. On on race, um, I worked for an African-American congressman. Uh, his brother was very famous. He was as well, Louis Stokes. His brother was the first black mayor in uh, of a major city in the US. So, you know, y- y- when you're living those, you learn it in a way that, um, it would be difficult just to read about or to be, you know, have some consultant talk to you. So, you know, I see those as some of the great lessons uh, of that time. Uh, and then, you know, maybe just just communicating change. When I was working for the governor, the unemployment rate when he got elected in Ohio was 14.7%, uh, you know, a, an area of the U.S. that a lifetime with a you know large manufacturer was the expected deal when people got out of high school or, right. uh, or community yep. or trade school, um, and that that whole thing was fractured. So being resourceful in uh, a period of stress, being able to see from from a community standpoint what really mattered. I think, at least for me, many of those issues, when we talk about access to care and equities. Um, the, the fundamental issues are very similar and, and, you know, you walk a, a mile uh, with someone, you, you know, you're, you're working in inner city, Cleveland, um, uh, you know, representing a Congressman. Uh, uh, I was based in DC, but when you're back in Cleveland, you know, yeah. you, you know, you see life in a different way. Mm, mm,
0: mm. It's, you know, I mean, I, I, I it's funny, this morning I had a, like a, one of the serendipity calls that I have and somebody said, well, you know, you're know, you writing this book about basically like corporate politics and pharma, right? And I said, honestly, it's not about politics, it's just human beings, right? There's people that love certain things. There's people that hate certain things. Um, and that's, I think, the balance of change management that I think, Chris, you've been talking about is how do you pull people together? How do you, you know, get them on the same or similar road so, I think there are similarities, kind of, you know, you can call it politics, but it's just human nature.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, agreed. And, I, you know, I'm getting I, philosophical. I think, <laughs> and, and the thing about being uh, in the provider world uh, in healthcare, you know, there's not as much defined hierarchy as there is, you know, let's say in the corporate world. And you got to be facile, you got to be able to. Uh, work around those kind of issues and again it comes down to understanding or trying to understand what are the dynamics that others are experiencing in the organization or what's the history of you know one element or another
1: yeah. and we get it like so a, two thoughts so one is is comparing like like I was saying so you you were involved with um, explorers right um, And so I, I thought of explorers as like one I remember, you know, meeting the team and, you know, that felt like one of the first kind of exits, you know, for, a, you know, kind of a digital health
2: yeah, yeah.
1: play. I mean, way, it felt like one of the, the most material ones at the time It was ages ago. Right. And then now we have, you know, the exits that are happening, like, you know, via like the ones, you know, we talked about like health catalysts, oh, yeah. in. like kind of compare and contrast and like, you know, seeing both sides of that spectrum. Are they very different? Is it, People thinking very differently. The company's very different.
2: Well, I think that's a great point. Uh, if, if, I suppose if you were to plot it and go back a decade, uh, you would see these dots going up on the curve, and and uh, Explorers would be, I think, one of the fir- one of the early ones. Um, I, you, you know, the leadership of Exploris, uh, Steve McHale, others, Steve Linseth, uh, Charlie Loheed. Uh, you know, I think they had a vision for what they were trying to do early. They had been exper- you know, experienced, done, uh, uh, addressed other complex problems before they were in healthcare. Um, so, so I, I always liked the way they came, Mikhail and lahid came into healthcare. Had not been there before. Discerned very quickly, you know, the key drivers, and then went and got them and put them together, and then created a functioning company and then ultimately an exit with IBM. I think those same rules apply. Sometimes when you've been in healthcare for a while, it's not as easy maybe to see what those uh, dynamics, I know Jim, you've certainly had several cycles. Um, so, so you know, that's, I, I would say that's the, the, the continuing thread. And now that digital has reached such a scale uh, throughout the industry, it's only now a matter of time that you'll have more and more consolidation and you'll have larger and larger transactions. And, you know, clearly acquisitions that occurred this year uh, are, you know, kind of an echo from what we are, uh, where uh, explorers was whenever that was seven years ago.
0: Wait, 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 wait till all the Spacs. Am I pronouncing it now correctly? Spacs take off, right? Yeah. I called it when when we had the uh, the, uh, the 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 episode with Lee Fair. I called it Spac, but I guess it's a Spac. So,
2: so. so our son uh, is in the MA group at a giant law firm in uh, New York. And, yeah,
1: I know And
2: yeah. Jim has met him several times, and they share an all uh, uh, an undergraduate uh, alma mater. Uh, <laughs> And is, he's he's on the SPAC team. He's doing SPAC night and day. Oh, is he
1: doing SPACs?
2: Yeah, yeah. he's uh, He's been on, he got mentioned um, in a couple, you know, the last line. of a oh, couple articles.
1: That's, that's the hot area. I'm delighted that a, a Fordham University kid made well.
2: <laughs> I, I wrote him a note that he's going to be the SPAC king, but if you put those words together, it's spac So, <laughs>
1: Like we gotta we gotta talk about um, Little Italy in the Bronx. Like we gotta Uh,
2: Actually, we're gonna be down in New York um, Friday. Uh, Okay.
0: No, remember, Jim. There's still
1: travel going on in
2: the U.S. So, like, because we're locked down
0: in different countries here. Like,
1: I take a bike about five miles to my house every day. That's all I'm doing.
2: (laughs) Well, just a quick passed through there, but uh, nothing like Arthur Avenue uh, and all those great restaurants with Dominic's, at least in my book, yeah. on top. I'm yeah. feeling uh, very New York. I'm in the middle of uh, reading The Power Broker, which I, I've read most of Caro's other stuff, but I just never got around to Power Broker.
1: Okay, I read You, it.
2: you know, that's yeah. the story of Robert Moses uh, and, and a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, and Moses is so prominent in the redevelopment of the Bronx the construction of the Fordham uh, Lincoln Center campus.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: even though it was a century ago, almost a century ago, uh, all that uh, legacy. So I, I I feel like I should go to Dominic's.
1: Uh, yeah, totally. Have and, you been right? to Dominic's, Eugene? No, not Dominic's, but I'm just
0: gonna join the Bronx party here because I went to Bronx Science for <laughs> one year, that's it. And then I,
1: you know, my parents <laughs> moved to New Jersey. So I'll join the Bronx uh, party and <laughs> Yeah. There's no menu. There's no menu. You walk into Dominic's and Arthur's Avenue, you know, there's no menu. And I, we went last time when we were Sean um, uh, Colburn, uh, Chris's son, who graduated there. So we watched the basketball game, like very dynamic game. And then we went to Dominic's, no menu. But the guy, but one of his buddies, you know, who went to school, like a few years before me, we stayed in the same, we lived in the same house, you know, the same, like we went and found the same house and serendipity. Coming again.
2: Uh, so there's we're, no we must
0: have we must have been hanging out somewhere because I actually grew up in Washington Heights, which was right below Inwood, right, highly Irish neighborhood. So we, I don't know, somewhere we we all probably crossed paths.
2: Yeah, there's there's no menu, and importantly, there's no check. Uh, <laughs> right, you you order, they come back and they tell you what it is at the end of the day. Right,
1: right, uh, right. And What's there's the...
2: no and there's no credit card machine either.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I'm, it's, it's... I'm 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 uh, uh, Chris, even though I am completely not process oriented, but I have the the crazy job of uh, reeling us in towards kind of some few magic words for our listeners and viewers because we, we we're approaching that time frame.
1: Well, I I'd love to hit the one like so I like a, to to thinking about like so you've done a lot of mentoring right like a lot of mentoring for people coming in so so thinking about like the the startups like the digital health startups on the early side. Yeah you know, trying to get into hospital systems, you know, with everything that's going on right now, like, you know, kind of thoughts on that, like how to- Motivational, like, what do we do?
2: (laughs) But it's interesting, you you know, there's like two uh, competing dynamics. One is everything that's been on the digital side was accelerated uh, early this year. So again, things, there was a chance to break through more quickly, but the, evolution of the systems that would allow priority setting and review and uh, uh, kind of rapid assessment that that's only been evolving for the last few years so by and large it's hard to sell to a hospital system it's hard to determine where the decision points really are I mean you guys have lived this uh, you can get stuck in long cycles we used to always say you know let's let's not make decisions uh, by doing death by pilot um, so if you're talking about a big system uh, and a digital solution, you know, maybe go to a small system first and get some data to demonstrate, you know, the more, you know, the, the thing about a big system or anything in healthcare, but particularly a big system, you know, they don't wanna take undue risk and time is, is precious. So to the degree you can get the decision maker the, the quicker you can uh, demonstrate what the outcomes will be, you know, the more likely you are to uh, become a vendor to them. Uh, yeah. And and the longer that takes, the harder it is for everyone. You know, you got to determine what the points of decision are. You know, um, uh, what what are we really saving money? Are we are we solving yeah. the problem? You know, how what are the metrics? So. It- so the, the more prepared, the more you can get the brief down, I, I think the better.
0: Or, or at the end of this, we'll flash your private email and phone number and to all the viewers and startups now.
2: That's <laughs> anyway. fine. It just, it just gets forwarded to Health Beacon anyway.
0: <laughs> Love it. That was that was fantastic, Chris. I hope uh I, I, I ran out of because we're moving from one place to the other. No excuse on my end, but uh, I ran out of vermouth, so
1: it's kind of sad. Yeah. That's usually my drink of choice now yeah. that I'm here in Spain. Oh. We're a little bit later here in the evening, so we usually actually have a shot, you know, during... all yeah, right. it's it's
2: <laughs> uh what is it, seven forty
1: five in Dublin? Yeah. Eight forty five here and I still got one more US call left after this, but uh yeah. I'm, sorry. When, when's the next time you're in Europe? What are you thinking?
2: Me? I Who the, well, I think we won't be doing any work travel till next summer at the earliest. And and I was just talking to one of our ID people. You know, you look at the the distribution of the vaccines, you, you know, probably if you're talking about more return to normal, it's it's a year from now, maybe 11 right. months. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, sadly, I would not imagine any international travel. So I, it, you know, uh, I'm going to probably have to watch commitments uh, for time. I, I was <laughs> going to say so
0: maybe not work related, but you're always welcome because the the planes are pretty empty. So um,
2: yeah, I, I, I know the, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's uh now we we miss Europe. Uh, we miss Ireland. I, I wish I wish we were there. And whether it's Dublin or Galway or or. You know, yeah. I kind of like the series Normal People because it's written by someone from my father's uh place of origin in a town okay. that my mother's family yeah. was from uh, about a town Sligo okay so uh, feel something. That,
1: now Ballina actually Ballina is the big place right now because is that Biden's home that's Biden's yeah ancestor. right
2: right right that's right,
1: right. next step or is it Moneygall was Obama's ancestral village Moneygall and <laughs> and and uh, oh,
2: and, and, uh you know, Biden, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he had a fantastic commercial uh, right at the end of the campaign on uh, the Seamus Heaney's The Cure of Troy. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: And, and it's worth watching. I mean, it, you know, it's a beautiful yeah. poem, but it's uh, th- they put it to a set of uh, black and white images that really cut to the heart of you know some of the issues uh current issues in the u.s
1: yeah totally totally well I'll on imagine. that note with all of
0: our hearts and i'm sure viewers hearts that was awesome thank you very much for joining us in your busy schedule and your tie you you're officially crowned as the first and probably only it's only it's because
2: i i'm not in the bike shed so I, there you go there, there you I, go
0: mess, I I was kind of irish kind of <laughs> And, and to all the viewers and listeners, hit that subscribe button for our Joe Rogan uh, being famous party. There you go. Keep going. Eugene, right.
2: uh, Jim, um, could be